Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. We're going to study the Word of God tonight. Now, if I were to title this this evening, since we have been looking at hindrances to our faith, uh, we may go a couple of weeks on this, maybe two or three, because it'll, it, 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 this will help you. Things that I've learned over the years. I'm going to call it the danger of unanswered prayer. And how one of the greatest hindrances the enemy will use against people is unanswered prayer. You know, well, you know, I've prayed, I've believed God. Well, the problem is a lot of Christianity is so, how can I say this? They're, they're so apathetic against working with God through His Word in getting an answer. They just go and pray something and it's really not prayer. It's kind of wishing and hoping. I mean, there's really no faith involved in it. And, and you know, there's all kinds of, uh, of terms and phrases that they throw out there. That, well, you know, God and His sovereignty, if He sees fit to answer your prayer, then He may or He may not. You never know what God will do. Well, I tell you, that's not true. That is not true. We know exactly what God's going to do. He's going to do what His Word says. He is a God of His Word. The Bible says He's not a man that He should lie. He is a God of His Word. So if you, if you kind of break over into the realms of being a student of the Bible and, and understanding how important prayer is. John G. Lake was a man mightily used by God who received the baptism of the Holy Ghost at the Great Azusa Street Revival. And he said this in his later years. It's, he said, it seems God can do nothing on earth unless men pray according to His Word to see it done or to get it done. And I want you to know, much of the work that needs to be done to get prayer, prayers answered does not happen in the unseen. It happens right down here in the scene in our lives. And so, you know, people use all kind of uh, religious phrases that say, well, God is sovereign. You never know what God is, will do. God works in mysterious ways, His wonders to perform. That's not in the Bible. Did you know that? I knew a preacher that preached a three-week revival on that phrase until he, he said, I better figure out where this is at in the Bible. And he looked and looked, it's not in the Bible. God does not work in wondrous ways or mysterious ways His wonder to perform. He does exactly what His Word says. So there are some principles and some precepts that we have to understand in the Word of God when it comes to prayer, that when we pray according to those laws, because they are laws that govern prayer, we pray according to that, we can be sure that we have what we pray for. Now, there are a couple of things, though, we need to, uh, to, to preface here before we get into the teaching, and that is this. Number one, you've got to let God answer your prayer the way He wants to. Because as soon as you figure out in your mind how God is going to answer your prayer, He ain't going to do it that way. And so many people get offended at the way God chooses to do things. But always remember, about, uh, remember this about God and answered prayer. He always does things in answering prayer that maximize the potential of His glory. Which means when people see that answered prayer or experience that answered prayer, there's no question, hey, God did that. that God did that. That's God deal right there. That's God thing right there. And God delights in that. Listen, God is not a being that's trying to hide himself up in heaven somewhere and, and be some mysterious cloud up there that nobody knows anything about. And, you know, it's just mysterious and you'll never know what he's doing. It's kind of scary. and all. That's not what God is. God is a loving, heavenly Father, and we are his very own children. Come on, church. With that, I'm telling you, we need to get rid of that type of religious thinking because all it does is hinder that which God desires to do. Amen? Now, if you will, 
Go over into the book of First John. Let's start there. I've got several scriptures marked. I don't know if we'll get to all of them tonight, but we'll, we'll, get, a, we'll get a run and start. Amen? I've got about 30 minutes we can do this. Now, go to uh, 1 John chapter 5. Now, that's not the gospel of John. That's the letter. Everybody say the letter. Or the letters. He wrote three of them. So this is the first letter, which would be 1 John verse, uh, chapter 5 and verse uh, 13. Now, notice what it says here. It says, These things have I written unto you that you believe on the name of the Son of God. Everybody say, believe on. Now, now listen, you, you have to believe on the name of the Son of God. Now you say, now why is that important when it comes to prayer? Well, number one, that's your access. The name of Jesus is your access to the very throne room of God. Without the name of Jesus, Jesus said it himself over in the Gospel of John chapter 16. He says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, that's what he's going to do. So the name of Jesus gives you access. And Hebrews said we should come how? Boldly. Not, not timidly. Uh, not, not, you know, uh, with inferiority. Uh, someone said this one time. I heard him say, I thought it was crazy. Say, well, if I, if I just had a sense of righteousness, a feeling somehow that I was right with God. Well, we're righteous by faith. And it's the righteousness that we have in the name of Jesus that gives us bold access into the th very throne of God. And God welcomes us in to come in and obtain mercy in the time of need. Now, let me just say that about Hebrews chapter 4. Notice he uses the word mercy. He doesn't say the word grace, which is God working on your behalf. He says mercy, which means God's going to step into your situation and stop from happening to you what should happen to you because of the situation. You know, a lot of times people get all upset because of something they've done, something they've said, something they've committed, and they think, well, you know, it's going to catch up with me. But you know, there's a mercy in God that will keep it from catching up with you if you'll just pull on that mercy. David said his mercies are new every morning. Amen. So we've got to believe. Everybody say believe. Believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Now, you, God doesn't want you to believe you're going to go to heaven. He doesn't want you to believe that you have eternal life. He wants you to know it. And by faith, you know it. I said by faith, you know. Somebody said, well, I believe I'm saved. Well, you need to get saved. Well, I believe I'm saved. Well, no, you need to get saved. You say, what do you mean? If you're really, truly born again, you know you're born again. I like what Brother Osteen used to say. He said, you could take a ball bat and beat me into a greasy spot, and that greasy spot would holler out, I'm born again more than a conqueror in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you know there's people that's gone to their death? Uh, you, you know, say people say, you're gonna, you deny Jesus Christ. Deny that you're blood-bought. Deny that you're... Nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. It's amazing. The strength of the new birth is so powerful. It's not fragile. It's so strong that it gives you an undeniable reality on the inside of you that you are right with God. Now, I want to say something about that statement right there. That makes the religious world cringe. Because the religious world, especially Christianity, will say this. You never know whether you're right or with God or not. You're going to have to wait till you die to find it out. That's not true. The Bible says right here in the Word that you can know that you have eternal life. I know I'm born again. I know my, my sins have been remitted, removed from me as far as the east is from the west. I know that I'm blood washed. I know that the Spirit of God abides on the inside and empowers on the outside. There are some things that God wants you to know. 
Amen? And I'm telling you, by faith, you can know you're healed. You can know you're prosperous. You can know you're delivered. And you can know that God's going to answer your prayer when you pray. Amen? Now, notice what, what it says here. It says, uh, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence. Everybody say confidence. That we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have, we know that we have. Now notice this. And if we know that He hears us. Now there's the problem right there. Well, I prayed, and I don't know if God heard me. Well, let me ask you a question. Are you praying according to His will? Amen. I mean, you may be asking, asking God for Leah. Well, you can't have her. She's mine. You may laugh, but there's people that used to do that. I mean, they had this crazy bunch of people that got all sideways on faith where they thought they could believe God for anything. And they were believing God for other people's property, believing God for other people's wives and husbands, believing God for other people's money and all this kind of stuff. It just got stupid. I'm telling you, if you don't let the Holy Ghost lead it, you'll get stupid. Amen. But we're going to stick with the Word of God. But you can know, everybody say no, that when you pray according to the will of God, He hears you. Now, the problem that we have living in the physical realm is we want an affirmation instead of a confirmation. Now you say, what do you mean by that? An affirmation is something that would appeal to your flesh or mind. A feeling. Uh, an old Pentecostals used to say it like this. I know I've prayed through. Well, there is an element of truth to that. Uh, if you pray in the Spirit much, if you intercede, if you're an intercessor, which everybody should be intercessors, we're called by God. All of us are called to intercede and to pray. And if you ever do it much, you'll know that there's a point which you get to in intercession where there's a note of victory in your spirit. And you know that you've broken through. You know you've got the petition in which you're asking God for. But listen, other than that, we have confirmation in the Word. We don't need a feeling or an affirmation or a vision or an angel to show up and say, hey, God heard you. Everything's going to be okay. Amen. No, we know by the Word of God that if we pray according to the will, uh, will of God, He's going to answer us, amen, and we're going to have the petition in which we desire. Now, in understanding that, that ought to give you what the Word of God talks about here, confidence in praying, amen. You ought to become a whiz at prayer. You say, what do you mean by that? That means you become proficient in it. Every believer who is living a life of faith ought to become proficient in their prayer life. Where's my amens here tonight? You say, well, what do you mean by that? That doesn't mean you have to depend upon the pastor. You don't have to depend upon the television preacher calling the prayer line, doing this. No, you have confidence in your own prayer and in your own prayer life. Every believer ought to have that. Now, there's nothing wrong if you're young in the Lord, if you're, you know, don't know. But if I'm telling you, you've been serving God five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, you ought to have a confidence in you that you don't need somebody else's prayer. You know, I don't ever have people pray for me. I don't. You say, why not? Because it's not near as important to them as it is to me. When I need ministry, I get, I, I, I had a, 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 my tooth, I have a tooth that I've had crowned, let's see, how's, how'd it go? Filled, cracked, crowned, decrowned, root canal, another crown. One of them kind of teeth. And so right before we went to Ireland, man, it got to feeling bad, you know, and I'm like, oh man, I don't have to deal with this before I go over to Europe. So I was praying, and so I thought I'd go to the dentist. So I went to the dentist that did the root canal. 
And they, has, they had this new machine that goes around your head like this and does a 3D picture of your, of your jaw and your teeth. Well, they got to looking at mine and found out I don't have any bone around that tooth. And when they do a root canal, they take the roots out of the, they take the, the, the nerves out of the center, but you have a nerve that runs down the outside of your tooth. And he said, because you don't have a bone holding that tooth in, then that nerve can do whatever it wants to. And I'm like, well, I don't want it doing what it wants to. That hurts. So I piddled with it, and I thought, well, they said, well, we, what we need to do, we need to get you in. We need to do an extraction and do an implant. And I thought, I don't want an implant or an extraction. <laughs> Amen. And it, it was hurting me. It was bugging me, you know. And I was, I was thinking, well, you know. And so I put it off, and, and we got back and got busy. And then I went up to, uh, to Shreveport and was in uh, Pastor Sam's uh, uh, Freedom Crusade, and Pastor Mark Brzee was, was ministering. And the healing anointing came. So I just went up in the prayer line. You know, here I'm one of the ministers. So I just went up in the prayer line for healing. And he laid hands on me. And that was back in July and hadn't had a problem since then. Well, I, there's nothing wrong with that when you need help. But 90% of the time, 95% of the time, you ought to have enough confidence in your own prayer life that you don't need somebody else praying for you. Amen? People come up and say, pray for my kids. Pray. Well, I tell you, I'm not near as concerned over your kids as I am over my kids. So it helps to learn how to pray and to have confidence and faith in your own prayer life. So that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us, and we know that He heareth whatsoever we ask. We know we have the petitions we desire of Him. Now, that takes getting prayers answered and not having unanswered prayer hindered your faith takes Seeking the will of God for your life. Now, first of all, we have to all understand the generic will of God. You say, what do you mean generic? That which, that which is unique to all of us. Amen? You say, what do you mean by that? Well, first of all, there's salvation. There's baptism in the Holy Ghost. There's healing. There's prosperity. Uh, there's deliverance. Uh, there's revelation in the Word of God. Uh, there's your place in the body of Christ, doing whatever you're supposed to be doing. There's all of the things that are unique to all of us that we call generic or in general that is the will of God. So praying over those things really doesn't take a lot of prayer or intercession. All you got to do is look at it in the Word of God, see it, and obey it. Uh, you don't need a prophecy to tithe. Thus saith the Lord, thou shalt bring the tithe. to the No, it's in the Word of God. You don't need a prophecy to live holy. You don't need a special word from God or anything like that for healing. God's already established His will on the subject of healing. All you have to do is appropriate what He's already established. Now, when it comes for your life, all of the wills of God for us are different. So there may be prayers that I pray that you may never pray in your life. There may be prayers that you pray that I may never pray in my life. You say, what do you mean by that? Each of us, according to the will of God for our life, can pray the Word of God in order to establish that will so that we can see our prayers answered and not be hindered and not let our faith be hindered in our prayer life. Now, a lot of people get into the place of assumption in their life that I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that, or I'm going to be this, or I'm going to be that, or I'm going to go here, or I'm going to go there, and they end up on kind of what I call a crusade of failure. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, they just, they, either it's ambition, 
ego or, or, or grandma called you to do it or somebody said, you know what, you could come up with a thousand different things. People do things they do. I had one guy come to me. And man, he'd heard from God in one of my meetings. I mean, you know, come on. I'm just up preaching, trying to be good. And he has a vision in this meeting, you know. And his vision unfolds before him. And he's got this, you know, he's going to do. I'm, we're going to do. Him and his wife, we're going to do this. We're going to go. And, and God showed him a nation. And, and, and as soon as he started telling me the story, I thought to myself, there's something not right with this. Something down on the inside right here was just jumping up and down on the side of me going, no, 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 no. And the Lord spoke to me and said, the problem was, well, you were teaching the Word of God. He needed the Word, but the enemy snuck in there and gave him an experience, and he thinks it's me. He told me this. He said, he ain't going to let go of it. And so I, I tried to counsel with the guy. I said this. I said, can you obey Acts chapter 13? Can you get into the Word of God? And, and look at Acts chapter 13 where it says they, they ministered unto the Lord and fasted. I said, can you take 30 days? Don't pray about the vision. Don't, don't, don't pray about, you know, where you're going, what you're doing. Don't pray about none of that. Just minister to the Lord and do a little fasting. Miss a couple of meals. And let's see what God says in 30 days. Nope, couldn't do it. Nope, we're packing up, we're gone. They pack up, they leave, they lose everything. It destroys their life, and he dies an early death. That God's not the will of God. And a lot of people, when that happens to them, you can't dissuade them because they have, oh, you want me to say that? They have an experience bigger than their revelation. And if you ever have an experience bigger than your revelation, you're in trouble. Mm -mm. Amen? You say, well, I'm telling you, Jesus came and Moses and Elijah and 17 angels and they stood by my bed and they drew it. I'm telling you, if your experience is bigger than your revelation, you are in trouble because experience does not undergird revelation. Revelation undergirds experience. Revelation must be the foundation for all of your actions, for everything you do, everywhere you go, everything you believe God is telling you to do. You have to have the Word of God for it. Amen? So you don't have to do that. Actually, that happened to me with two different people, and both people would not seek God for 30 days, would not minister to the Lord and fast, and both people went off, got destroyed, blamed everybody, became a big victim, and both people went to an early grave. That is not the will of God. And to die mean and mad and upset and, and I don't believe none of this anymore and all this guy. Yeah, you don't, that, that is, listen, leave a good witness. Leave a good witness in your life. I like to tell people this. I've counseled with several people like this. I, and I tell them this. I said, don't, don't end up as an example in my meetings. I've literally told people that. Don't end up as an example. You know, I listened to Brother Hagen for years tell all the stories about all these people. If I was going to be an example of somebody's, in somebody's meeting, I'd want to be an example of victory and, and of breakthrough and of God doing something in your life. Then, I, well, you know, they thought they heard from God and they died. You know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> Amen. Now, notice, with that in mind, let's go over the book of James. Now, look at the book of James. It says, from whence, chapter 4 of the book of James, should be just a few pages back, chapter 4, verse 1, from whence come wars and fightings among you, among us? Come they, uh, come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? 
You lust, you have not, you kill, you desire to have. You cannot obtain it, you fight, you war. Yet you have not because you ask not. Now there's a key right there to prayer and not having your faith hindered because of unanswered prayer. Ask. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. And I'm telling you, whatever it is, ask the Lord for. You say, well, you, well, you teach us, Pastor, that, 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 that God's already given it to you. But that's okay. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. I ask Him all the time. I know in Christ I'm already prosperous. I know. But I tell you, there comes times I ask the Lord for specific amount of money. I've asked the Lord for relief from pain and from sickness, disease. I've said, Lord, I need it and I need it now. Amen. So there is a protocol for asking. You don't ask like a beggar. You don't ask like somebody that's trying to get something from God that he doesn't want you to have. If you ask according to the covenant, we've already seen it. The covenant is the will of God. The covenant, the will of God and the word of God are synonymous. If you ask according to the will of God, you know that you've got your request already answered because God has already provided it for you in Christ. But you still need to ask. You say, why? Because there's an element of the specific in your asking that brings specific answers and gets specific glory or gives specific glory to God. I mean, there's pe pe people go out there all the time and just, well, God, whatever, you know, uh, uh, just, you know, uh, uh, you know, I just want to be blessed. Just bless. Well, what does that mean? There's people that come up in the prayer line and say, you know, what can we pray for? God? Well, you know, I just need prayer. For what? Well, you know, I just need prayer. Well, 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 for what? Well, do you need to know? Well, how am I going to pray if I don't know? And how is God going to? Well, God knows it, but how is God going to answer you if you don't know to ask Him specifically for what you want? We've talked about that many times. The specifics of faith targeting the problem. Prayer is man's cry, uh, his need, crying out for God's provision. Be specific. If you need healing, say, Father, I thank you for my healing. If you need prosperity, say, Lord, I need $100,000. Whatever it is, you need to ask the Lord and be specific. Now, notice this. You have not because you ask not. You ask not. You ask and you receive not. Now you begin to ask. You ask and receive not. Because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Now, uh, this is the issue of unanswered prayer and people asking for things in their life that what they receive in their life, they're not willing to take the next step up into another level of serving God. God doesn't want to heal you so you can go break dance on the seawall again. <laughs> Amen. For quarters or however much you were getting. You say, what do you mean by that? Every answered prayer in our lives is designed by God to, number one, bring us into a greater level of fellowship with God. Number two, to increase our participation in that which God is doing in our lives, in our generation, and in the season we're in in the particular local church we're a part of. 
You say, well, what do you mean by that? God does not want to answer your prayer so that you grab your answer, go out that door, and never come back. A lot of people do not get prayers answered because although they may put on the right face, sing the right song, lift their hands at the right time, shout an amen at the right time, in their heart they're just wanting that prayer answered so they can get out of here because this kind of stuff really bugs them. Living holy, living righteous. Come on, church. I tell you, you want your prayers answered? You, man, you fight with all you have to be in the will of God, stay in the will of God, and everything that God gives you, it brings you into a greater level of fellowship with Him. You worship Him more. You praise Him more. You want to know Him more by His Word. You want to, want, you want to know Him more by the Spirit. And then it takes you up to another level of service in the kingdom of God. Amen? Now, listen, I was meditating on this in the Amplified. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Verse 2. You're jealous and covet what others have. And your desires go unfulfilled. So you become murderers. To hate is to murder as far as your heart is concerned. You burn with envy. Uh, you burn with envy and anger. Uh, you're not able to obtain the gratification. You are not able to obtain the gratification and the contentment and the happiness that you seek. So you fight and war. You do not have it. Because you do not ask. Or you do ask God for them and yet fail to receive because you ask with wrong purpose and evil, selfish motives. Your intention is when you get what you desire to spend it in sensual pleasures. You are like unfaithful wives having illicit love affairs with the world and breaking your marriage vow to God. Do you not know that being a world's friend is being God's enemy? Amen. So God is saying, you want to be worldly? I'm not answering your prayer. Now that makes people upset. But man, I have seen the mercy of God on people for healing, for prosperity, for blessing, where God would answer their prayer and everyone around them knew when they get that prayer answered, they are out of here. I've seen, I've seen young people, you know, uh, guys coming to the church looking for, 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 a, for a wife or a girlfriend. I call it galvation. <laughs> Amen. So they come, they got galvation. And boy, they, they're here on Saturday prayer, you know. And they're, oh, shikama, you know I mean? They're praying and they're praying in the Holy Ghost, you know. And, and then the anointed one comes and, and they get married and you never see them again. You never see, I've seen that happen several times. I sat in an office with a pastor friend of mine with three people. Two of them were involved in business uh, uh, deals, and one of them was fighting for an inheritance that he couldn't think he could. And I'm telling you, they swore, they pledged, they vowed, pray with us, pray with us. And I'm telling you, the, 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 the money was millions, millions of dollars that was going to come into these three families. I'm telling you, pray. We're going to bless this church. We're going to tithe. They were the churches in a building program. We're going to build that building. We're going to do it. And I sat with that pastor in his office. I prayed. I agreed. And all three of them, just like you'd snap your fingers, boom, boom, boom. God touched all three of their finances. All of them became instantaneous multimillionaires, and not one of them came back to the church after they got their money. 
You say, why would God answer their prayer? I don't know. Maybe I needed an illustration for Wednesday night. <laughs> Amen. He's merciful. He's a good God. Maybe he was hoping they'd turn around. I don't know what it was. I don't try to figure out why God does what he does. Maybe they went to another church and built that building. I don't know. But as far as that church was concerned, they packed their bags, left, dusted their feet, and that's the last you saw of them. Amen? So you've got to understand, if you're going to not let your faith be hindered, and you're not going to live a life of unanswered prayer, because let me say something about unanswered prayer. Every unanswered prayer in your life, the enemy uses that as ammunition against you. He will use it to keep you depressed. He'll keep you upset. He'll keep you offended. He'll, he'll literally bring the God question up. Like, How do you even know there is a God? If there was a God, he'd answer your prayer. Those people are just lucky. Come on, church. You know how the devil talks, how mean he is. Amen. Now, real quick, we've got 11 minutes. Go all, all the way. Uh, we'll we'll go, all, go, go all the way to the book of, go to the book of Daniel. We'll, we'll save Samuel for next week. Go to the book of Daniel. Let me show you something here. Daniel was a prophet, a very unusual prophet. He was in exile. Israel had gone into captivity. And, and, and chapter 10 is a very... Uh, uh, very glorious chapter in opening or pulling back the veil of the spirit realm and looking into the spirit as Daniel was interceding and praying. And uh, yeah, let me find the best place to pick this up. Uh, go to verse. Go to verse ten. That's a good place, right there. Verse ten. Daniel's praying. He's laying. He's laying. Uh, uh, Prostrate upon the, upon the floor, he said, Behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Now there's, a, there's an angel there speaking to him. He said unto him, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day, now notice this, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. Now, did you hear that? That means God, through Daniel, in this illustration in the, in the Old Covenant, God takes the veil of the unseen and he pulls it back for just a moment. And he's saying, now I want you to see what's going on behind this veil in the unseen realm. He said, first of all, take note of this. The moment you prayed, the moment you prayed, it was heard in heaven. The moment you prayed, as you set yourself to pray, you were heard. Now, you've got to understand, church, Daniel did not have the access that we have. The only reason Daniel had any access was his, was his standing as a prophet in Israel. Amen. I mean, without that standing, he would not have had that access. Because in that covenant, there were only three types of people with access to God. That was the prophet, the priest, and the king. And they interacted together in order to gain access to God. So Daniel began this fast. He, 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 it, was a, it was not a total fast, but it was a fast where he ate no pleasant food. He began to seek God. He was, he was laying prostrate upon the floor praying. And this angel comes down and says, Daniel, get up. Listen, buddy. When you open your mouth and begin to speak, we begin to hear what you begin to say in heaven. 
Now, we've got a better covenant based on better promises. So don't ever think that God doesn't hear you when you pray in the name of Jesus. God hears you. Amen. Now, notice what he says, though. He says, Then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now notice this. The king of Persia and the prince of Persia were not physical beings. These were spirit beings that ruled over an area of the world at that time. So the next revelation we get from looking into the spirit realm is there were hindrances in the spirit realm that was stopping the answer from getting to Daniel. Now let me say this. We do not have the same spirit realm as Daniel had because there was no victory wrought in Daniel's day by Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But we do have hindrances in the spirit realm. And they rule through ignorance, through apathy and complacency, for people not staying vigilant in their prayer, their intercession, and their authority. Those same stinking little devils will try to stop the answer of God from getting to your life. See, a lot of people are, well, pastor, we're born again, we're washed in the blood, Jesus defeated them all. But they're criminal. Do you understand that? They're criminal in nature. That means they know they're defeated. They know they're under your feet. They know Jesus is Lord and Savior. And they know that you have authority in the name of Jesus. But they're going to try you anyway. They're going to try to stop the answer. They're going to try to hinder the flow. They're going to try to do everything they can do to keep the provision of God to get, in, to de, to get into the natural realm. Because here's the problem they have. Every time the provision of God gets into the natural realm, their defeat is demonstrated, and more and more people know they don't have the power they used to have. Now, two things have happened over the years. People have gotten in the ditch on both sides of this revelation. Now, one group got in the ditch over here on this side saying, Well, see, we told you, there's principalities, there's powers, there's all these demon powers up there. And I'm telling you, Daniel had to fight 21 days. We might have to fight 21 years to see God answer anything around here. Well, that's not true. That's in the ditch on the wrong side. And then the ditch on the other side that's wrong is this. Well, we don't have to do nothing. We're washed in the blood. We have the name of Jesus. There's nothing that we need to do. Well, that's not true either. You've got to come back into the middle of the road. You've got to understand that once you begin to pray, you're going to have to contend for that which you're praying for. There are answers that are instantaneous. There are things that happen just like this. There is prayer many times that it seems like there's no effort on your part, but then there's other times you've got to fight the fight of faith. You've got to stay in there. You've got to keep praying. You've got to bind. You've got to loose. You've got to use the name of Jesus. You've got to worship God and thank God for the answer. You've got to maintain your posture of faith. You've got to stand in the authority of God. You've got to remain aggressive, and you've got to make a decision. I am not going to be denied this answer. I don't care if every devil in hell is up there trying to stop it. Amen? Now, Daniel didn't know that, and another thing Daniel did not have was authority. He said, I'm come because of your words. But you have words that you can use to open up that realm. Amen? I mean, you, you, people, when we first came to Galveston, people were saying, you can't go down. There's too many devils down there. Well, that's exactly where God wants to move. Is where people say there's too many devils. 
They call it a hard place. Oh, that's a hard place. Nobody ever did anything big. Well, we're going to do something big. We're doing something big right now. Amen? Oh, it's a hard place. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine what's going on in the spirit realm right now just over Island Church? They see those plans. They see that land with that sign on it. They know what that building will mean to this city. I'm telling you, they're fighting tooth and nail. They've done all kind of crazy stuff, and they're going to continue to do it. But the good news is we don't have to be fooled. We can stand in faith. We can bind. We can loose. They've not stopped us. I said, they've not stopped us. And the problem is so many people get caught up in the fight, and when you get caught up in the fight, then you get all the stuff that's in the fight smeared all over you, and you end up doing stupid stuff, believing stupid stuff. Amen? You just, you know, the enemy can just impart any old little old thought into your mind. And you think that that's the way things are. But that's not the way things are. Come on, church. You've got to understand that. Sure, there's hindrance. Sure, there's resistance. Sure, there's that which comes against us. But what we do, we stand in faith. We remain in agreement. You say, well, how many do we need? Just two or three. Long as I can keep two or three here, I've got Jesus right in the midst. Come on, church. And then we'll break through and listen. you got to understand. This is Wednesday night, so I'll help you a little bit. There are a lot of people that will leave. They don't want to fight. They got caught up in the fight. Things happen. They get offended. They hear this. They hear that. They believe all this kind of stuff. But as soon as we get, they'll come back like, praise God. You know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to love them. You're going to have to love them, accept them right back in. That happened in Gideon's day. Gideon, he, he went down there. He, he said, man, I got, 20, got church of 20,000. Boy, we can do it now. We can do missions. We can do TV. We can write books. We can do everything we want to do. And God said, well, let's, let, let's say there's a few there in your church. You really don't need I need to prune the church down a little bit because there's some there that they're, they're not really going to help you. They're going to hurt you. He said, okay. He said, just get up and preach the message. At the end of the message, tell everybody fearful, go home. So Daniel got up and said, all right. Everybody fearful, go home. And 20,000 of them walked off. He was like, man. So he said, well, at least I got a church of 10,000. Praise God. And God said, well, look, you tried them with the word, but I'm going to try them now. Go down to the brook and have them drink. And every man that drinks and laps like a dog, you choose him. But those that just put their head down in the water, see what they were doing, their posture was telling their heart. There were those that were lapping like a dog because they were drinking for Israel. They were drinking for, for, for Gideon. They were drinking for a victory, so they were paying attention to what was going on around them, so they were scooping the water up and lapping like a dog. Uh, the rest of them, the other 9,700, just went and stuck their face in the water and drank for themselves. God said, I can't use them for that. He says, now, Daniel, you got a church of 300. But read the story. After the, la after the lanterns were, after the, after the vases were broken, after the trumpets were blown, after they got the Midianites on the run, here come the 20,000 back. Yeah, we're doing it now. <laughs> Daniel was like, where, where were you when I needed you, you know? I mean, uh, uh, Gideon. But that's the way it is. You've got to have people that are willing to stand in faith Make a decision. I don't care what the devil says. Galveston's going to have revival. Galveston is having revival. We're having a move of God. It's going to get bigger. We're going to build that building. We're going to do the missions work we want to do. We're going to build other churches. We're going to evangelize Ireland. We're going to evangelize Nicaragua. We're going to do what God's told us to do. We're going to rejoice. We're going to see healings. We're going to see miracles just like we've been seeing. And you've got to understand, unanswered prayer many times will so discourage you 
that in a corporate setting, in people which are pressing into something, you can't stay there. You can't stay there. Because your own personal situation has so discouraged you because of unanswered prayer that you can't grasp a corporate pull. It's too hard. It's too hard. So God raises up love churches. Love, love, love. God is love. Love, 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 love. Do you feel the love? Do you feel? Sure, that's why God has places like that for people that need that. It's kind of like going back to the nursery and getting healed because a lot of people need that. But the good news is there are those that will stand in faith, that will do what God says to do. I remember the first time I went to a prayer meeting at Lakewood. Lakewood was an amazing church back in that day. They had, you know, Wednesday night there would be 5,000 people there. Every seat would be full. There would be people standing in the back. And I noticed in the church that there was a, a core group of about 200 people. Well, I didn't realize of that core group of 200 people there were about 9 or 10. I did not understand that. Until I begin, I would get to school. I'd have to leave here uh, from Galveston at 5.30 in the morning. School started at 8. But I, I hated traffic. I hated sitting in traffic. And I had to go up I-45 and take 610 loop around. And I had to go all the way up to, uh, uh, to Dockle up there and, and, and turn. Some of you know where the old church was back in there and drive back in there. And I'd always get there at about, all, usually all things being equal, I'd get there at about uh, 7, 7.15, 7.20, right in there. And I'd oh, when I got there, I'd always see this group of cars parked there. And I would think, I, I wonder if that's the janitorial staff and, or who that is. But I would see the janitors getting there. They'd get there like at 9 or 10 o'clock. They'd get there and go to work. And I, I always wondered who these people were. And one day I got there at about 6.45, and I sat there and I watched these people. There were about, there were about six little old white-haired ladies. And there was three or four older, older men, and I watched them go into a classroom. So I just followed them in there. And these people were in there praying. And brother, were they praying. And I did a little research, because I stayed in there till I had an experience with God. I actually stayed in there till the school year was out. This happened right after the Christmas holidays. I stayed in there till the school year was out. Got to do a little investigation. And these were original members that were with Brother Osteen at Hibbard Memorial Baptist Church that had lived their life out, and now they were in the elder years of their life and were prayer warriors in that church and were keeping that heaven open over that church. And I knew, you say, how do you knew they were keeping that? Because I, I went in there and started praying and that heaven would open up and it would just blow me away. You say, what do you mean? We have to be diligent. That's why it's so important to come to prayer on Saturday night. So important to come to prayer on, on, on Wednesday night. You say, why? Because we're doing kingdom business on, on, in areas that are so much bigger than we are. So much more than we know to do. And listen, you say, well, I tell you, man, I, I started coming to those prayer meetings and I, my life got tore up. Yeah, it will. Because you'll get in a fight. But the good news is you already have the victory. And you don't have to stay in the fight because the battle is the Lord's. And really the greatest thing we can do is just come together for an hour each time and worship and thank God for what He's doing. And then if we need to bind something, we bind it. If we need to lose something, we lose it. If we need to take authority over the devil, we do that. But whatever we do, we celebrate the victory God's already given us in Christ. It takes time, it takes patience, it takes a little endurance, but at the end of the day, I guarantee you, you will not have any unanswered prayers 
because you are praying according to the will of God. I saw Lee and I when we we used to we restored two uh, uh, old houses here on the island, antique houses or historical homes, whatever you want to call them. And so Leah used to be big at an uh, 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 antique, so she drug me to all these antique stores. <laughs> drug me, yeah, and uh, drug me and took me, you know. Took a lot of my duck money from me, you know. But anyway, uh, we went into one, and there was, a, there was two signs up there. I liked both of them. No, I liked one, didn't like the other. Remember, there's two of them. I wanted to buy them, but she wouldn't let me buy them. One of them said, the one I liked said this, how to have a great day. Get up in the morning, eat a live toad, and no matter what happens to you during the day, it will not be worse than that. She wouldn't let me buy that one. And the other one I didn't want. It said this, God answers every prayer, but sometimes the answer is no. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says when we pray according to His will, we can know that we have the petition in which we request. That is our confidence in Him. Because if you're praying a prayer that you're not getting an answer to, First of all, check on your heart. Make sure your heart is right. Make sure that the answer to that prayer is going to bring you into a greater place of fellowship with the Lord. So thankful that the prayer was. And then that the prayer will be used in order to advance the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. So that the kingdom of God is advanced on that which... I, I, I'm convinced if our hearts would get right, we'd see more money. We'd see more open doors. We'd see more things God doing. We'd see more of the miraculous. But so many of us are like back there in James. We just want to consume it upon our own lust. But God says, don't do that. Don't do that. Pray my will. Find my purpose. And if you'll do that, you can be sure that you have the petition that you ask. And you will not get frustrated in your faith. And it won't be a hindrance to you. Amen? Amen. Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you tonight. We thank you for your goodness. That what you're doing in us, through us, and among us in Jesus' name. Now say this out loud. Heavenly Father, thank you for the name above every name. That in that name, I have access to the very throne room of God. I thank you, Lord. My prayers are answered. Every prayer that I'll ever pray. Because I will pray according to your word and according to your will. Devil, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every hindrance, anything that's tried to stop the answer from coming to me. Thank you, angels of God, released on my behalf. For I am an heir of salvation, and they are servants unto the word. Therefore, the angelic realm is active on my behalf. Satan is defeated. Jesus is Lord. And I rejoice. I rejoice. I rejoice for my prayers are answered in Jesus' name. Now stand on your feet and rejoice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, how we worship you, Father. How we glorify your name, Lord. How we exalt you, Heavenly Father. How we worship you, Lord God. How we magnify your name. Now, Lord, as we leave tonight, thank you how you have answered our prayer for protection and safety. How you've blessed us and kept us 
all these 16 years as a church. So we declare again tonight in our service, no evil befalls us. No plague comes near our dwelling place. Angels of God have charge over us. Thank you, Father, whether we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, or the railways. Whether we handle the resource you've given us out in the ocean, over in the medical field, in the oil patch, whether it be in education, whether it be in retail, no matter what we do or where we go. Thank you, Father. We abide under the shadow of the Most High, safe and secure, blessed of the Lord, Satan under our feet. Thank you also, as real as that is, so also is the door of utterance given unto us by Jesus Christ. For he truly labors unto the Lord in the harvest of the last days. Therefore, let us be, each and every one, an answer to people's prayer, a problem to the adversary, and a miracle in someone's life. We leave tonight walking in faith and love toward you, in love toward one another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah.